one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now Will not fail me now In the waiting The same God is never late It's working all things out Working all things in the world Yes, I'll lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name with my heart. Evil. Yes, I will sing words. Yes, yes, I, I count on one thing. The same God never fails, but not fail me now. But not fail me now in the waiting. The same God. Working all things out, working all things out. Yes, I will get you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy for all my days. Yes, I will. church how are we doing this morning yes God is so good he is so faithful I just love that whenever I'm going through a situation right I can look at past victories on the providence right for the day for the week for the year that I can trust in him that I'm covered that I'm protected that I'm loved I think this uh, next song really uh, demonstrates that that confidence in God. So if you know it, it's called Promises. We invite you to sing with us, to worship, to lift your hands, whatever you're comfortable with. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant, of faithful promises. And time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you'll say though the storms may come and the winds may blow i'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come to pass great is to me great is your faith to me from the rising day great is your faithfulness to me thank you Jesus God from age to age Though the earth may pass away, your word remains the same. Your history can prove 
There's nothing you can't do, you're faithful and true. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faith. setting same I will praise your name great is your faithfulness to me how could my faith in Jesus my anchor to the ground my hope and firm foundation he'll
you keep every promise we look to you God yeah I will rest in your promises my confidence yeah is your faithful promises my confidence you are faithful come on concern, every trial, every situation, Lord, we can find rest in you being our peace, our complete shalom peace, where there's nothing missing, nothing broken. Lord, that there's complete order that is found in you, God. So I thank you, God, that we can trust in you. We can set our hope in you. So thank you that we can call you our Abba Father, Lord that you have good gifts for your children. Thank you, Abba Father, that we can rest in you. And it's in your name that we pray this, amen. Amen, you may be seated, church. 
Good morning. My name is Abby, for those of you who don't know me. And if you are new or visiting with us, we would love to give you a gift for being here. So you can come find me after the service at Guest Services out by our One Cup Cafe. Um, or you can connect with us digitally by texting the word HERE to 219-233-2311. I only have one announcement for you guys this morning, and that's that we've got small groups. And those are on Wednesday nights at 630. If you would like to participate in groups, it's here at the church. Um, no homework attached. It'll be a lot of fun, just a way to get to connect with. And then lastly, I just want to thank you guys for giving to the vision and mission of Rethink Church. It's because of your gifts that we're able to do what we do. Um, so if you are interested in giving, there's two ways you can give. You can either give online or you can give in the back at the black box by the door. Um, thanks for being here, and we hope you enjoy the service. Well, good morning, Rethink Church. How are you? Now, I know I look better than Pastor Mark, but uh, I'm Tom. I, I get the joy of sharing with you today. Um, I, my wife, Sarah, is with me. We li actually live in Florida. We're longtime friends of Rethink. In fact, if you've been around Rethink for a little bit, you probably heard uh, us referred to as the crazy aunt and uncle. Um, when God co was calling Mark and Heather to plant and start a new church, um, we were a part of those initial conversations and had the joy of, of just walking through that, that process. I was, we were here at your first, at the grand opening service, and we have been praying for you guys consistently. Talking I also get to, to travel and speak quite a bit for an organization that we both work for it's called Destiny Rescue. Uh, Destiny Rescue, we, we rescue kids out of sexual exploitation and human trafficking and help them stay free. And about four months, I think it was about four months ago, uh, Mark called and said, hey, um, we just really feel God's put on our heart. Like we've, we've heard about the mission of Destiny Rescue and that you guys have given in the past, but we want to make you one of our missions partners. And for that, for us, that's just a heart, like an amazing moment in our hearts to go, man, we love syncing up with the local church because what we know is this, when, when the church rises up, people find freedom. When the church rises up, people find freedom in every area of life, not just those who are who are, 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 are in trafficking situations, that horrible reality, but also in, in situations of everyday life, bound by our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups. Like we know that when the church rises up, people find freedom because that's what God has called the church to do. And you guys are doing that as you give hope and bring hope and a little bit about Destiny Rescue this morning before I dive into um, where you guys are in the Ephesians series. So at Destiny Rescue, we've been seeing God do some pretty amazing things. So far this calendar year, so from January until today, 656 individuals have been rescued. Come on, we can clap for that, right? Not, not only are they rescued, but they're actually getting to be empowered to live out a freedom plan and walk a course of that of a plan that brings healing, restoration. It administers to, ministers to the, their specific needs. So whether that be education or medical care, whatever it is, each survivor that we rescue is assessed when they come into our care, and we're able to build a plan individually tailored to them to meet their specific needs. Because not every person has the same needs. Sometimes we rescue kids who are seven to rescue that are as young as two years old. Of Nepal. We rescued her and her six-month-old child. Now, in, in, in Nepal, where we're rescuing, those, a lot of individuals are being trafficked because they're being lured to a job or met on social media. The, a guy is, is grooming them, telling them, I love you, I care for you, and I, I want to provide for you, and inviting them to come across the border so that they can get married, only to lead, lead them into a place of trafficking. In other situations, kids are out begging on the street for survival. They, they need to... to have supplies for that day so a meal for that day so kids are 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 selling themselves just to get money to buy food our 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 project that we get to be a part of in uganda is rescuing kids sometimes 30 to 40 kids at a time because we're getting we're able to be right there in the middle of, of that situation and invite kids to freedom but then then to watch them walk into a situation where they're now able to have the meals that they need the education they need in fact our god do amazing things. 
since January, we've launched two new projects, two new rescue nations, and, 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 but we're, we're in Latin America, um, we're, we're in Africa, we're seeing God do amazing things, and our hope this year is that we're going to be able to continue to grow, because I can tell you that churches all over the U.S. are rising up. Churches all over the U.S. are saying, hey, we want to be a part of this. Individuals are rising up. Hey, I want to use my voice. I want to use my influence to be able to bring rescue to kids. And as that's happening, we're seeing God honor that. And it's almost like he's pouring gas on a brush fire. It's taken off. And we're seeing God do some incredible things. Come on, let's celebrate God. And I, as, I, as I'm getting ready to dive into Ephesians chapter 1, I just want to pause and say thank you. I want to pause and say thank you because the, your generosity is leading to rescue and restoration. Your generosity is bringing hope to people all around the world. Thank you. You know, sometimes when we're in, a, in our uh, local church setting, sometimes we, we, we're like, well, we're, we're doing something here, but how, how are we doing over there? Are we able to make an impact? And, and can I tell you that I get to see the smiles on faces in fact, you can follow us on social media, Destiny Rescue. You can see the impact. You can sign up on our table to get uh, prayer updates so that you can be praying for us and know how to pray and partner because there's amazing things that you get to see because of your generosity. You're literally being the hands and feet of Jesus and making rescue happen. So thank you. Thank you to learn from your word. And God, I believe that you have something for each of us today. God, whether we're here in person or we're watching this later online, God, you have something for us because Scripture teaches us that your word is living and active. You have something for us in this moment. So open our ears and our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I have a question for you. If you could have unlimited superpowers, what would you do? Like every kid's dream, right? Like, I mean, like, I want to have, guys are like, we've been dreaming for this for you, something like, thank you. Some of the ladies, you're like, yes, like, I want to have all the power. I want to be able to do something. Like, you ask kids, and they're like, I want to be able to leap tall buildings. I want to be able to punch the bad kid adult. The question compared to a kid, you may get a different answer. If I had superpowers, I would remove every slow driver from the left lane. That was a little too personal. I would make sure that there was no evil in the world, or I would solve, I, I, would, I would stop bank robberies, or all, what, fill in the blank. We would all have probably different things, like we'd make sure that, that everybody has food, or we would tackle injustices, or we would, we would settle wars and, and bring peace, or if we had unlimited superpower, if we had the ability to do something. I think that's what Paul's getting at when he's writing in Ephesians chapter 1. Now, he wouldn't use the word superpower. He just simply said power. But he's talking to a people that at sometimes in the, their history, they're feeling like they're powerless and they don't have the ability to make an impact Talk in power. In fact, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Ephesians 1. Uh, we're going to read in verse 19 through 23. Now, I love the way that the, the New Living Translation breaks this down because they actually combined verse 19 into verse 20. Uh, when Paul actually wrote this in the original language, it was just a massive run-on sentence. For all of you, anybody love to do like English and grammar and critique and like there's a couple of you. Okay, um, yeah, you wouldn't like Paul because Paul didn't use punctuation either. He just went you know, it, it's, it's really just a fascinating moment. But we're going to pick up in verse 19. It says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. I love the word that Paul... If you want to emphasize something, you didn't use exclamation points. You added extra adjectives. Incredibly great power. Like It's like, this is the great, great power. That's what Paul's saying, right? So... This same mighty power, again with an adjective, that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, I'm head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete 
by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. I love Paul's heart for people. Paul has the ability, like he's a scholar, like he, he has this ability to just talk and use, use incredible words and paint incredible pictures with his words. He also has the authority as a leader, as, a, as an apostle, as somebody who leads the church. He has the ability to, to, to not only just start churches, but to lead organizations. and have, He has all of this ability, but yet he, he comes down to a moment where he's talking to a people, and he sees them face to face and eye to eye. And he prays for them. In fact, he prays for them three specific things. He prays for them something in verse 17, verse 18, and verse 19. Almost every one of Paul's letters that he writes to churches all over, so as he's praying for the church in, in, in Ephesus, he, he's, he's beginning to pray that they know and understand who God is. Because I think, I, I think this, I'm reading in, I may read into it a little bit, but I think that Paul understands that when you know God, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. Nothing stays the same. Like, when you know God, your marriage is different. When you know God, your friendships are different. When you know God, you go to work differently. When you know, when you know God, you shop at, at Meijer or Walmart or the Strack and Van Til. You You shop differently. You live out your values differently. Not When you know God, everything changes. So Paul, as he's writing in the last part of chapter 1, he's trying to get the church to see that not only do you, when you know God, everything changes, but when you know what you have in God, everything changes. You walk a little different. So I, I grew up in a, at a pretty rural high school um, in central Indiana, uh, Sharpsville, Indiana, right just about north of Indianapolis. Um, we had 69 kids in my graduating high school class. Um, I played football. Partly not because I really liked football, but because all of my friends begged me to so we could have a team. My junior year of high school, we lost every game. My senior year of high school, we lost every game but senior night. Because the team across the, the field had pity on us and played all of their freshmen. When I walked onto the field as a senior... I carried with me the baggage of, an, of, a, of a defeated season the year before. I played football like I was the worst football player in the world. I carried that with me. And sometimes I think in life we carry our, 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 our situations, the things that we grew up in, the, the patterns, the problems, the, the hurts, all of those things we carry with us. And that becomes the filter through which we live. And what Paul's trying to say here is that when you know what you have in God, you can actually walk differently, not based on your past, but based on who he is and his faithfulness and his love for you. See, I've looked through aftercare and then walk into a new purpose and a new season in life. There's a young lady named Dow who she, at six years old, was was told that she had to go to work with her family and she was picking tea leaves in Thailand and she was getting about six cents a day for all of her work, working full days. She couldn't go to school. Her family didn't have the money for it. And, and Dow then, as she got older, her mom told her, you're looking for a job, thinking she's going to work at a restaurant and try to get them to rent her multiple times a night, every night. That was Dow's story. She met one of our rescue agents. She accepted, offered a freedom, came into our aftercare program, and she begins to walk through a program that we call Empower, which not only deals with counseling from the past hurts, but says, now look who God can, what God can do. God's power in you has saved you. Now what can you do on the other side of this because of God's faithfulness and his love for you? Can I tell you what Dow's doing right now? Dow's serving in a, in a children's ministry where she's, she speaks four-length that kids like her. And as she looked around one day, she sees all of these kids that are around her, these four languages that she speaks, and God began to do something in her, and she began to say, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, I'll do. So now Dow's a missionary traveling around to those, those countries that she can speak their language and sharing the gospel. 
she's living out of this faithfulness of God. She now knows, and I believe that's what Paul's trying to get us to in Ephesians chapter 1. In fact, he begins to, to describe God's power. He says incredible greatness. Think this idea that Paul's trying to unpack for the church is that the more you dive into God and the more you begin to explore who God's, God is and his power, the more you learn and the more you understand, the more you begin to appreciate it. And then all of a sudden it begins to grow, not because God gets more powerful. God's already all powerful, but you just get to see more of who God is. So Sarah and I live in Florida. I love key lime pie. Key lime pie was supposedly started in Key West and has went all over the place. But we went to this place in Cocoa Beach about 45 minutes from our house, and it's billed as the the world's best key lime pie. I stopped because I saw the sign. I wanted to do like Elf. Y'all remember that movie? Like he runs into New York City to the coffee shop. He's like, congratulations. You, You did it. And they're like, did what? The world's best cup of coffee. I did the joke, and the guy just rolled his eyes. He's retired from New York, and he's like, whatever, smart aleck. I'm like, sorry, dude. Just give me a key lime pie I've ever eaten. Then I began to do research of what makes a good key lime pie, because I'm like, what makes their key lime pie better than the restaurant that's in my local town that I could drive 10 minutes to and get? Well, I realized that all the things that went into it, the nuances, you you have to to heat the cream and the, the milk the condensed milk, you have to heat it at a certain temperature and sustain it so that the sugar begins to blossom and open up. You, you have to add just the specific level of, of key, lime, key lime juice. And those key limes that you're using have to be in season. They can't be too early because they're extra tart. They can't be too ripe because they're extra sweet. You have to get them in the moment. I began to realize all those nuances and there's a, now a greater appreciation for that piece of key lime pie So anytime we're driving by Coco, I'm like, sign me up better. I just now understand more about it. Paul's trying to get the church to understand more about who God is and God's power and how it plays out into their lives. So God doesn't keep getting stronger, as I said. It's the fact that we see it. So I I want to explore a couple of this to the full. John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. Paul is explaining to them that this is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Last week was Easter, y'all. Last week was Easter. We celebrated that God raised Christ from the dead, that he's no longer in the tomb. He's alive. And because of that, we, can, we, we now have hope, right? We have hope of, restore, of restoration, restored relationship with God. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is active in our lives and can bring us life. That should give us hope. That should should help us understand that there's more to God than just raising Jesus from the dead. He wants to raise us from the dead too. That's not just physical. That's not just one day we die and then we get buried and then God raises us up at 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 the end of all things. But this is God raises us up out of our circumstances, our situations, all of those things that are killing us inside. Maybe it's a, an addiction, a habit, whatever it might be. God's power can break that in us and cause us to live on the other side of it. Ooh. I, I think we can just end right there and be done. Like, right? But that's not all that Paul packs into, into Ephesians 9, 20 to 23. Like, it's the power that God ex- exercised in Jesus that gives us life, but also Jesus' understanding is very New Testament era because they're used to people who, ha- who were kings who would sit and have a place of value and honor and want to bring somebody up and, and kind of let them be an example for everybody in the court. So they would have a chair that they would sit a prestigious guest in, and that guest would, then, would be kind of sitting in the room as an example for everybody God made Jesus an example saying, I want you to see that he's now seated, which in and of itself means that he's accomplished everything that he was supposed to. That's when you sit down. It's finished. Then you sit. Paul's trying to get the church to understand that Jesus accomplished his purpose. Jesus did everything that he was supposed to do and now sits down and you and I can rest in the finished work of Jesus. 
Jesus doesn't have to keep dying for us to, to, to have forgiveness of sins. He did it once and for all. I am now forgiven. I can stand right relationship with God. I don't have to keep begging God to forgive. I, I don't have to be captive to all of those things, all those realities that might be going on in my life. Paul's like, I need you guys to understand that, that Jesus is not just simply risen from the dead, but he's sitting, he's free. Now live in that reality. Live in his power and live in his peace. Live in his freedom. This power also shows that that Christ's demonstrating work is limitless. So not only does, does his power give life, but his power is limitless. That means you don't have to keep charging it up. I love my iPad, but my iPad has a battery capacity. I have to, his power, it's always there. When you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night. That means that when you go to sleep, he's still working. Some of you might be praying for family and friends to come, know, to come to know Christ. Can I tell you that he's still working even when you're asleep? Your prayer that you've prayed doesn't just work when you're awake. He's working, so trust him. And know that there's nothing that you can face that God can't do something about. See, in fact, as Paul's writing, he, he's talking about this, his rule, Jesus' rule and reign. He says that, that now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this, he can cover all of that, then he can cover my stuff. If he can cover the past and the future all at the same time, he can handle whatever it is that I'm facing. Whatever it is that my community's facing, whatever it is my country's facing, whatever it is the world's facing. Sometimes we look at the news or we look at, at things that we're reading and we're like, man, this is so bad. Like, is it ever going to get any better? Can I tell you, just trust it to God and, and allow God's peace to reign and you give it to him and you go do the thing that God's called you to do. Don't worry about all the other says it says the earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. That's what Paul's describing. Paul would have been a, a student of the, of the Jewish songbook, the book of Psalms. And as, he, as, he's, as he's talking about the power of Jesus, I can't help but think that this might have influenced him. The earth is the Lord's. Everything in it's his. And if it's his, it's his to worry about. If it's his, it's his to work on. I don't have to try to fix everything. I don't have to try to make things happen. I can just trust, and then that frees me up to live in the moment and do whatever it is that's right in front of me to do. I don't have to worry about what happens next week. I don't have to worry about what happens next month. I don't have to worry when I go to a doctor and they're like, hey, we need to, have, we need to run a test. I don't have to worry about what that test is going to say. God's already there, and God's already got it covered. And by the way, if it's, a, if it's an issue, God can take care of the issue. God can heal, God can restore, God can, can redeem, God can do all of those things. His power is limitless. So he's got it. See, sometimes I think we need to be, at least I need to be reminded, I don't know if, it's, if you're like this or not, sometimes I need to be reminded that God reigns. God reigns. That's R-E-I-G. Submit that God under his feet, because when I submit everything to him and I put it all under his, his authority, as, as, as Paul hints at, and as the book of Psalms says, when I put it all under his authority, then I with angst or anxiety or worry, I can trust and I can just simply live in God's peace. And I tell you, I think that's something that we all need today. We all need to live out of God's peace, and it comes by settling the issue of who's in charge. I'm not in charge. He is. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If it's all his, then I'm just going to give it back to him and say, God, I trust you. And I'm going to rest. That's why I love the songs that we sing in worship today. We can just trust he's faithful. By the way, y'all didn't know that's one of my favorite songs. Can I tell you guys that God's power brings life and it is without limit? God's power is also for your good. Sometimes we don't 
catch that. Like God's power is for my good. What do you what do you mean? This is what I mean. Paul writes it like this. He says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Not for the correction of the church. Not for the not for the the the, the rules of the church. Not for not for whatever it is that we maybe have grown up thinking the church is. God is for our good. God wants good for us. And if he wants good for me, then it's easier for me to trust him. It's easier to trust in the hard times, knowing that he didn't cause the hard times. That's just the product of a fallen world. He's for my good, which means that I can trust him, that he will bring good out of bad, that not only will he bring good out of bad, but he can also actually use it to do something that might draw people to himself because there are people who have literally gone through bad things, and you, all of us have, right? But I'm, I, I get to see almost daily stories of kids who have gone through things that I can't even imagine. God has brought me through this. Now what can I do in their business for their profit, but they're creating space so that they can hire others who are coming out of the sex trade, who are coming out of trafficking, or who are coming out of villages and their towns looking for jobs. They can be that safe place for those kids to work in, their, their, the vision of what could be is so huge. They're like, God is for my good. God is on my side. And if God is for me, then who can be against me? It's for our good. Not only is it for our good, it's for your good. God is for you, not against you. God is for you. He loves you and draws you to himself you know what i love about this idea that paul's talking about is it's kind of this idea that we're they may be their physical who come into our lives that fill up space they're they may be there physically but they're not there emotionally they're they're not there fully engaged or fully present see when paul's talking about god's power in our lives it is not only his presence that he's talking about, but it's his activity. Maybe watching TV, like we're present in the room, but I'm, we're not active, right? Like she's, she may be on her phone, the TV may be going, I may be on my phone. I may get up and make her popcorn. That may be the, the height of my activity in that moment, right? She may get up and get me a bowl of butter pecan ice cream. And it's pecan, not pecan. Sorry, that's a South joke. That didn't go over. We're moving on. But God, but Paul's trying to help the church see that, that God's activity and his presence come with his power. God shows up and he's active. He's not just active from afar and not present. Like he's with us and working on our behalf. That same thing. He says that, that, that Christ fills everything, all in all. He fills everything. Right? Like, we, we get that this is filled, right? Now, my question for you is, is it filled because it won't hold anymore, or is it filled if it's overflowing? Like, help me out. Do I have to fill up all of it? did it the first time I tried this oh it's spilling sorry sorry Mark I thought this was what it meant to be full this isn't what Paul meant by full see I I've grown up in the church like I I came to faith in Christ I put my trust in Jesus when I was four years old it was a homework assignment by the way, I was going to a private Christian school. My, my teacher said, talked to us about Jesus and said, if you want to, to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you want to go to heaven, go home and talk to your parents. I went home and my mom got to lead me to faith in Jesus. So that point of praying, God, I want to trust you with my life as much as I could understand at four years old, like 
almost five. I was a young kindergartner. Then I grew up with this idea that this cup would represent me, this water would represent God's spirit or God's power in my life, and I would go and do things for him. Like I, I passed, Sarah and I pastored for a few years, almost, and it, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get drained a little bit or I'd, I'd empty out a little bit. I'd, I'd go to, to do, um, we, we started a church in Wabash and that took a lot out of me. And I would keep coming back going, God, I need you to fill me. Or I'd, I'd, I'd go through a situation or a circumstance, and it would take a lot spiritually, and I'd be like, God, I need you to fill me. I would read passages like Ephesians 5 where Paul says to be filled with the Spirit. And I would be like, God, I need you to fill me today. So your word says that your mercies are new every day. So that means that today there's, there's power, there's filling. I can, God, I'm empty, I, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I need you to fill me. But that's not at all what Paul's talking about in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul's not talking about fullness like this. Paul's talking fullness like this. It's me immersed in him. It's, it's me in all of his power, in all of his spirit, in, as limited to what he can do in me. Paul's saying, I need you to look at God's power as what you can do in him. Everything that God has is here for us. We get to drop right in the middle of it. It's the idea of trying to contain an ocean inside of me instead of me going and jumping in the ocean. Everything that God has for you guys is all there. You just got to jump in. This rocked me this week. And Mark, I think it's all your fault. Because no longer do I go from week to week going, God, I need you to fill me. This week, my prayer has been completely different. If, I'm just, if I can just be vulnerable for you, with you for a minute, my prayer has went from God, fill me, to God, let me walk in the fullness of who you are. Because then, then I literally can walk into any situation at any time full of God's spirit and full of God's power. My life and God's power and his presence, his activity is fully there. I don't have to stop and go, oh God, I need you to show up. He's already there. I get to walk in it. In fact, this idea translated to, to our activity means that everywhere I walk, I'm dripping and ooze. When I was a kid, had a, a massive garden in his front yard. The problem for his garden was that during the summer, sometimes in Indiana, you get those moments where you might not get rain for like a week or so. And it's right in the middle of when plants should be growing. They, they need plenty of water to be able to reach and maximize and produce the best amount of fruit possible. He would have to take hoses and stretch from his house all the way down to his garden. And then he would turn them on. Well, the, the, the problem with that was that he had a constant flow of water. It would sometimes wash out all of the rows of, of vegetation, of, of plants. So he bought what's called soaker hoses. Y'all know what a soaker hose is? So a soaker hose, is, has, it just seeps water. And it's constantly seeping. The water pressure is always on, but the soaker hose is seeping water. So the plants get the benefit of the water because the water is just oozing out of the hose. I can't help but think about how that translates to us in our lives, in our family, with our God's spirit and God's power. And we just saturate the ground. And it keeps not because we're having to go, God, hey, fill us of God's power and his activity. It's for everyone's good. So what could God do? 
I think he has to break our understanding. So I think Paul was right when he said, in a, when he got to that reality of Ephesians, that he prays that they would know. They wouldn't know it here, but they would understand it and be able to apply it. That's what Paul means by know. I want you to know God's power. I want you to know that, that it's there for you and you can continue to run in it. See, we're the busiest generation that's ever been in the history of the world. And we're all tired at times, right? But what I think is actually happening, if I can just step into this for a minute, I think we're actually not tired. I think we're de- tired as you sleep and you get rested. Depleted means you're empty. God wants to fill us like this. Not like this. Everything that we need is right there. You don't have to be empty. You don't have to be depleted. Everything you need is there. And then when you go from there, you get to see God do amazing things. We ask that you would drop us into the middle of your spirit, into the middle of your power. God, it's fully available to us. We don't need you to just pour it into us and fill us up, and then we go out and empty and come back and fill us up again. God, teach us what it means to walk with you in such a way that we walk immersed in your spirit and your power. Because, God, that's what changes the world. In Christ's name, amen. Well, thank you, Tom. Uh, So we're going to wrap things up. But before we do that, I just want to remind us, today is the last Sunday of the month, which means it's Mission Sunday. So we get to give. If you want to give, the black box on the black box in the back you can go online as well and uh, we just can't wait to see what god does in and through our efforts as we partner with you with destiny rescue uh, and all of that and i would encourage you stop on the would love to have conversations with you uh, if you want prayer for anything i'd love to meet you back in the back and pray with you uh, and just make sure that you know you don't have to walk through whatever you're facing whatever you're going through alone uh, that you have a community of people around you as well so church let's go and be the church let's have a great week we'll see you next sunday